Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, uh, Wednesday, September 21st, uh, finally, we got some rain. We got some rain. It almost feels like spring, but it's fall. 61 degrees outside, and it does feel like 61. And we do have rain. I mean, I like the rain. It's not, it wasn't downpouring when I came in. Um, and, you know, we need rain in this part of the country right now. So that's a good thing. I got a good show today. At least I think we're going to have a good show. You know, I'm your host, as always, Jack Riggins, Johnny Cadillac's producing. Uh, no drama there, no change in the starting lineup. Um, we're going to get to whatever Wednesday. On the second half, I've got some comments I want to talk about Martha's Vineyard and what's going on, you know, over the last couple weeks there. And I want to talk immigration uh, and it's growing. uh, I don't even know what to call it. It's growing belly of people coming into this country because we don't even have to keep track anymore because it's historic. Now, for those of you that are paying attention to Husker football, it's like saying, we just went through a historic losing period. You don't have to say the numbers. Historic. All-time high. And before we get uh, with our guest, uh, County Attorney Pat Condon, I want to give a shout-out to Johnny Cadillac and his Caddy Chat podcast that's out there live. Well, thank you. Uh, he's working hard at it. He's got it post. Everybody at KLIN is excited about different podcasts out there, so everybody's kind of, you know pimping their own brand, if you will, and talking about it. But, uh, you know, Johnny Cadillac's always kind of behind the board, so he doesn't get a, a chance. So I like to say that. Go check out Caddy Chat Wrestling Podcast with Johnny Cadillac. Pat Condon's in today, um, and it's kind of interesting, right? We got uh, two people shot, a stabbing last night. That's just last night. Like I said, if you really want to get into this, just go to KLIN.com. Go follow us on Twitter. Put your notifications on like I do, and then see what our newsroom puts out. And I'm going to tell you, folks, it's slasher. It's like a horror movie if you follow the police blotter. Our men and women in uniform are so busy right now, and that's not a good thing. So I was happy that county attorney was going to come in. Welcome back, Pat. Thank you. Glad to be here. Um, First off, I know you're in a race, and we'll talk about that and some of the difference between you and your opponent, but... I've got to say, you know, as a citizen of Lincoln, as somebody that's been in here, worked in and around law enforcement and the legal system, uh, what's going on with the crime stats and just in this town right now? I mean, this it just it's scary. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it is, and I think I think you know one of the one of the reasons for that is um, I, I read a study a couple months back that says once you hit about three hundred thousand, your population population your your crime kind of goes up a little more exponentially than than before and that's kind of what we're seeing and you know the uh you know we we need more law enforcement officers out there on the street the the ones that we have they're they're working nonstop. i mean these you know when you when they're busy anyway but you throw in a couple homicides like we've had four now in the last or three now in the last uh, couple weeks and 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 it it really it adds to their work uh exponentially also and and what they're doing with the limited amount of resources just is just nothing short of fantastic so i really do i appreciate the work our law enforcement officers are doing in in these times 
Yeah, and not only that, we talked a lot of, on the show about that 300,000 mark and the data out there that comes from the FBI and other organizations that study it. It's a real thing, folks, and that's why so many of us that have been in and around it are very passionate about maintaining law and order here. And don't get me wrong, the administration that's currently in power has done a good thing in the city council with getting more money for the police officers and the police chiefs working. Um, sometimes you just need more bodies. And, that, and then you need modernization, because what you don't know is that our department, officers take a case all the way through, as it's explained to me, opposed to handing it off to a specialized unit. And so any of these big crimes, like you said, three homicides, it can eat into manpower and the ability for you know the force as a whole to respond to different sectors. Um, does that worry you as a, as a citizen? I mean, are you to the point where I've been reading a lot after these homicides were the people of Lincoln are saying they're worried, they're feeling unsafe? Well, I, I mean, it does. I mean, it always does when you get people feeling uh, that they are unsafe. I think this is still a very safe community, and we're going to, you know, in my office, we're going to continue to prosecute people, and the, the dangerous ones will do everything that we can do to make sure that they end up in prison where they belong. Um, but but it is it is concerning, and... and you know, I guess we just hope that people understand that, as I said, the police are doing what they what they can do, and you know the the way to to solve that problem is not by going and letting people out on no cash bails and you know reducing penalties on 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 drug possession charges. That's not the way uh, to do that. I mean, I've always been a firm believer that police need to work on the little things. The the uh, broken taillights, the you know, and stop those individuals. You make the connections with who they're with. In the same way with in prosecution, we work on the little things. If we can help people with the drug problems that they have um, because they are, they're facing a felony, I would rather do that than reduce it to a misdemeanor. And what they've seen in other, in other jurisdictions is where they have done that. The drug courts and the treatment diversion programs have dropped dramatically. The participation in those programs have dropped dramatically. So you're not dealing with the problem, and the problem is still there. And I think we need to deal with that problem. That's what we're doing. Yeah, again, we're on with uh, Pat Condon, uh, current county attorney here in Lancaster. It sounds to me like you talk and focus on kind of the basics and the things that we know that work in law enforcement. Absolutely. Not not new age or it, let's reinvent the wheel. Let's bear down on the basics, the fundamentals of law and enforcing the law. But at the same time, you've championed new programs that are proven to work. Correct. No, I think we need to we need to do that. We need to use the things that work, and then also always be be looking to, to different things that we could try to see if they work. Um, but you know the, the the reason that that we can do that, the reason I can do that, is because this is what I've been doing for the last 32 years, you know, in my career. I've been doing these things. I, I, I see these trends. I see these things that I can say, hey, let's try this. This, you know, we have a problem here. I've seen this problem progress to where it's gotten to be a bigger and bigger problem. Let's try to do something with that. But in the same sense, I am the same prosecutor that have prosecuted, you know, murder cases. Um, I, I am hands-on uh, with with the prosecution and you know last night they called me to to review a search warrant on on the stabbing incident last night and you know I'm, I'm capable of doing that and and feel comfortable doing that so you know i think those things are important and and all my attorneys in my office uh 
you know, the, the senior attorneys are capable of doing that and looking at those search warrants and making sure that the right things are being asked for and that we're not going to have a problem uh, with that because they've all done it as I've done it. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because I think, uh, again, you're in a campaign and right now we are in a divisive time in America where people tend to see everything as right and left, myself included at times. But really, when we're talking about a county attorney, a city attorney, we're talking about most qualified. I mean, to get the job done. And one of the things you brought it up, cashless bail. I, I've never understood that. And one of the things is, is you don't support that, correct? Correct. But I know your opponent has in the past. Correct. What would be the justification for that? I mean, to to say, let's just let you go free. Any stories that have happened out there, real world, that kind of showcase that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, you know, recently here, I had an incident where an individual was failed to pay on a, on a fine. And, and, and so the warrant went out for him and uh, they, they are what they call PR warrants, which means they're going to go If the officer contacts them, he's going to get arrested on that warrant or she's going to get arrested on that warrant and they're going to be taken to jail and they're going to be given a, a court date and released. Mm-hmm. And, uh, in this incident, the officer contacted the individual, explained that all to him, said you're going to be released. The individual did not want to go to jail that night and ended up uh, in an assault with the officer and ended up injuring the officer. He ended up picking up a felony charge on that. Right. So, you know, it, it's things like that that, that, that you know, and, and we look at that as prosecutors. What are the likelihood that these individuals, based on the charge, based on their uh, ties to the community, are they going to come back? Or are we going to have to have a bond, something to try to ensure them to come back? And that's what we're looking at. We're just making sure that they're, they're willing to come back to court. Because when they don't come back to court, you're putting those officers at risk that are going to go out and contact them in the middle of the night, out on the street, by themselves perhaps, and in the community itself. Well, that's the the thing I look at, too, is absolutely there's officer risk. But any of us served, you know, we kind of understand some risk, but not undue risk. But the other thing is the community. I mean, it's the old thing, and I hate to say this about criminals, but all of us, the human animal, right, we can act like animals. And when you start to get cornered, which a criminal would feel cornered, right, you know, having got arrested for something, and then they're just walking the street again, right, right. The, 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 the chances of follow-up, you know, second and third order effects to that first action, uh, hence, somebody not wanting to go and they assault an officer. Right. I mean, it, it's a no-win situation. One of the things that I know you prosecuted that was always interested to me, and we've had the family on here for Tunnels to Tower Lincoln, was the Herrera case. Right. And you actually did the prosecution of Mario Herrera's uh, killer. Correct. Correct. Uh, Bruce Brendan, my chief deputy, and I uh, uh, went up to Columbus. Uh, we kind of made a mini office up there and when we tried that case up in up in Columbus and and you know that that was one where um you know it was difficult being away from from family and also being and being there you know we were by ourselves basically we but we had a lot of good support uh with with officers uh we had a case case officer that that supported us uh there um and then we just had our own office that we had like i said we had pretty much everything we needed in in the basement there uh, in Columbus so we could go down there. Our, our days were starting, you know, um, court started generally around 8, 
we would get there usually around 7.30. We would work uh, till lunch. They would take a lunch break. We would usually go down and work through lunch, work till 4.35. And then a lot of times uh, we just go back down and continue working till 9.30, you know, 9, 9.30 o'clock at night, and then go back to the hotel and get some sleep. So, like, from an hours-wise, you said you've been doing this, you know, almost three decades. Correct. Correct. Um, you know, hours add up. The work hours, the courtroom experience. How many hours would you say you've put into the courtroom? Oh, I, that's, <laughs> that's, that's hard to say. I mean, is it like a pilot? You know, 10,000 hours, 30,000? I yeah. mean, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, you know, you know, people would say, you know, early on, you should try to keep track of your jury terms in case somebody or your jury trials. And I, and I remember, you know, back, I, I, we pulled our numbers on our drug attorneys and our drug attorneys will, will often handle 350, 400 cases at any one time. And when I was doing drug cases, I don't think it was quite that big, but it was, it, we were handling a lot of drug cases and we have a jury term every, every two, the first two weeks of every month, we have four courts that run jury terms. And I remember times when I was doing the drug docket, I would have four jury trials in one term. And so I would be doing back-to-back-to-back-to-back jury trials. And and it doesn't happen all that often, but it does happen. And when you're doing that, you're you're spending a lot of time in court. I mean, you know, the court runs eight hours a day. You're there usually beforehand and during lunch and trying to get things set up, make sure things work. <clears throat> and then you're, you're, you know, when you're not uh, in court, you're... You have other cases that you need to to keep prepared and keep on top of, so you're doing things in the office at night and yeah it's it's a lot of work it's but but again, it's a job I would not trade for the world i I love the job that I do well, you love working uh clearly because of you know three decades of experience, but I guess and one of the things is you're too humble what I was trying to get at is pilots wear patches right that say ten thousand hours in the f eighteen or a seal we're supposed to keep track of our jumps and I understand what you're saying because at some point it is the job and you love the process and you do stop keeping track right but in the end of the day. I'm going to say it. You won't. You're a salty dog in the in the courtroom. You've been around. I've I've tried uh, my fair share of cases. You know so, what you're doing. So yeah, I do. And and you, you know, you're, you're, let me hear too about your whole office's workload because I think it's interesting the numbers that the attorneys that work for you that you manage, so to speak. Right. You know. Right. Carry because I don't think people understand the caseload here in Lancaster County. Yeah, well, and and just before I came here, we we have a jury term beginning the first of August. So I was looking. We have uh, we have a list of kind of the cases that we have, and and what people don't understand is in those criminal cases they list the prosecutors and the defense attorneys. Well, there is there's three cases. There's three courtrooms listed. There is 19 criminal cases pending in those three courtrooms alone. So there's a fourth one that we need to get. But that's someone in my office that's on every one of those 19 cases. And in law firms and public defender's office, they, they are not on every one of those cases. Mm-hmm. But, but somebody from my office is on every one of those cases. Yeah. One of the things that's interesting to me, and you mentioned it too, talking about experiences, you know, those 2.30 a.m. warrants. And I have to assume that when you first started, you have to get educated on the warrants. And you probably have a senior mentor that, kind of guides and shows and like you said now the office you trust many people and you're mentoring other lawyers but that just doesn't it's not something you just walk into the job and go yeah i can i can uh pen pen and help develop this work is it no i I, it's like a combat leader you just can't jump into combat and be good at it well and, and the other thing is is with the experience 
comes knowledge. I mean, you 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 should and you should be learning something every time you go to case. Every time you go to a, every time you have a case, you want to be learning something new. Even I mean, even cases that I do. I mean, I've been doing this for as long as I've been doing. I, I always generally I will learn something new in that case, and 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 but then that. That stays with me. So when the next person comes and says, "Hey, this happened," I said, "Okay, yeah, that's happened to me. Here's what we do," and and we can and we they can rely on that. And and I think that's acutely um, important in this position, not only for me but for the other attorneys in my office that other attorneys rely on. I mean, we have some very good senior attorneys that that are called on a lot. Yeah, we have about one minute left with Pat Condon, uh, county attorney here in Lancaster County, uh, running for office again. Uh, trying to push past it would probably be 35 years of experience. Here's the thing. How would you summarize the difference between you and your opponent? I, I think it just it goes just completely back to experience and the experience that I have had, um, you know, the same way that I probably wouldn't feel nearly as comfortable in the legislature as he does. I just feel extremely comfortable sitting in that chair that I sit in. And I think that's the difference is the experience there. And when you look at the experience that I have and in the experience that he has, I mean, we have a we have a program where third-year students can come into our office and, and get to charge cases and try cases. And when you think about that, that a third-year student would have more trial experience than he would. Wow. That's crazy. All right, Pat Condon on uh, KLIN, 1400 AM, 99.3 FM. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, we're back. Uh, hopefully getting in some regular flow for the next couple of weeks. Uh, we at least get a half whatever Wednesday. We just had uh, Pat Condon, the current county attorney, on uh, running for re-election and uh, got some more insight into that job and what it entails. Uh, had a great question. Uh, got to ask it off air, so I'll try to paraphrase uh, from a caller as county attorney was walking out asking about uh, charging uh, for marijuana, minor crimes, and uh, talked to Pat Condon about it and uh, hasn't charged for two years on minor marijuana crime. Two things. Uh, the hemp law passed, and it's about proving it. Um, so whether it be paraphernalia or less than an ounce, um, not charging because you can't prove it, right? Because this hemp law is in there and the way the investigation goes, uh, officers can't ask, right? You, you, not the, the assumption of innocence, if you will, because there's hemp and there's marijuana. And so his office prosecutes felonies. Uh, 1011 did a big story on it, if you will. The city attorney prosecutes those. And I think that's what happens a lot of times, folks, is I think we get confused between the city attorney and the county attorney. Uh, it's two different offices, if you will. All right, whatever Wednesday when we come back, 1,499.3-K-L-I-N. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. 
That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Drive Time Lincoln with the Commander Jack Riggins on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, folks, we're back. Uh, Jack Riggins, uh, host here of Drive Time Lincoln, Johnny Cadillac, producing the show. Uh, yeah, before we get to the climate crisis, the pandemic of people, otherwise known as the border crisis, it is whatever Wednesday. And we've already got callers lined up, so I don't know if we'll get to that. But uh, we had Pat Condon, the county attorney, on. Uh, we'll go to Tom here in Lincoln and Lancaster County. I think he has some good thoughts on the matter. Tom, welcome. Thank you very much, Commander, for taking the phone call. And I, I was very refreshed and appreciative to have Pat on and to hear a little bit about his background and his objective nature of approaching this job. And when I've looked at this race, I've only concerned myself with the idea that the opposition uh, to Condon is demonstrated in history that he's been somewhat of an, maybe an activist legislative uh, body the, the, uh, of the Unicamp. And so, you know, someone who's focused previously in their career has been demonstrated to try and change laws and effectuate change from the Unicamp now running for a position that's supposed to be an objective position of just interpret the law and decide who to prosecute accordingly makes me scratch my head a little bit as to why this power move or this shift of where influence is is, is built from is being uh, his next goal. And whether or not that is true or not, I think it's pretty easy to see, though, that this is not a subjective role this should be an objective role where somebody like pat has had a good experience in history of doing so yeah i think there's some good points there and i think they're fair um like i said when i was talking with pat i mean it's easy to think republican democrat but in the end of the day we're talking about the law here and it's pretty objective and you know i think that having experience in it uh, makes sense, and I don't know that people necessarily look at the race as experience versus not experience. But I also think it's strange um, as to why his opponent Adam Morfeld would jump from the legislature to this, given kind of his vocal activist nature. I mean, that's how I kind of look at it. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly because you know this was a, a position that is highly influential in certain people's lives in very big moments. And uh, I think my preference would be to be having somebody in that position that hasn't tried to build a political career before taking this position of power at some point. I'd prefer somebody who actually wants to stay out of the public eye and just do the do the duties of, a, of civic engagement. And so it, it kind of makes me concerned a little bit when you have somebody who's very well, very self-appreciative trying to take a position like this, because I think. Why are, why are you wanting to do this, Adam? Because Pat seems to have been doing a great job, and I think Adam could do a great job as well. I'm not saying anything about his his abilities to conduct himself. I just I've seen a history of him engaging in activist attempts and change or whatever, and then now going to somewhere he's going to hang up that hat and try to try to pursue an objective stance is is a change, and and I'm just I'm not quite sure that I I quite buy it. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I think you bring up some good points. I think people, the more they, you know, what we try to do on the show, get people educated on the issues, get educated or interested to go dig a little deeper and find out what's going on. Um, it's a little bit of a head scratcher to a degree. Um, and again, I, I'm with you. I'm that is not saying that Adam Morfeld can't do the job. Um, it's just saying right now there's a guy who's in the job and he has a lot of experience. And I, you know, I don't know. If you can answer this, but it's just a thought. I'm asking another citizen. Uh, do you feel that there is some left agenda in this thing? Meaning we're never going to put our foot on it or our finger on it, but you know, just kind of this left growing swell, if you will, in Lincoln, in Lancaster County. Oh, I, I'm very, yeah, I'm very convinced that there is positions of influences, or excuse me, positions of influence that are targeted by. Um, a, a very coordinated and tip of the cap to a, a strong core left movement that wants to try to effectuate change from every angle that they could. And I think Adam's a great poster child for that. He's a well-spoken, well-represented, and, and very well-trained uh, person. And so it makes logical sense if you're trying to control who goes to jail in this town to try and put your top cop in with his own agenda to try and effectuate that change. So I, I don't want to be too presumptive of his goals, and maybe he'll be the most objective man. And uh, I, I could be vastly mistaken, and I, I'd be glad to be so. But I just I, I've not heard from anybody that Adam has a goal other than what his previous history has been. And I don't think it's far-fetched when I say it, uh, that you worry when you have that history and you see some of the other things we've tried to do around here, and I see what's going on in California, that maybe we decide we're not going to charge crime at certain levels. Or we decide across the city attorney and the county attorney and the mayor that, uh, you know, you can steal up to $999, but we're just not going to do anything about it. And then we get... Turn over a case to a to the county attorney as a LPD or sheriff's office or whoever it is, and that person then makes a decision on whether they're going to bring the 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 case to the court system or they're going to prosecute on it. I would hope it's objective based on the law, not based on other metrics that the uh, agenda of the prosecutor personally engages in. Yeah. Well, Tom, hey, those are good thoughts, and uh, I appreciate you bringing them up because I think uh, it's just a level of what I hope. Uh, Lincolnites, Lancaster County, and frankly, all Americans start to think at when voting for people. So appreciate the call. 100 percent, and thank you for doing the uh, the radio show. I appreciate your knowledge. Okay, thank you. Ah, like I said, I always enjoy when you're in here in the room, Johnny. As you know, uh, you have no idea if people are listening. You have no idea if uh, they're engaging, and uh, you know. Tom has uh, got some good thoughts, you know, and happy if somebody sees it another way. Absolutely. Um, let's go to Mo. Mo, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, Commander, it's Mo. Hi, Mo. Hey, I just had some thoughts on your uh, excellent interview with our very, very good county attorney, Mr. Condon. I've been a trial attorney for 30 years as of this month, trying cases all across the state and Colorado and South Dakota. And there's just no substitute for that experience, the experience that Pat brings to the table. Right now, I have the luxury of supervising two young associate attorneys that are trial attorneys as well. You can't even supervise 
other attorneys trying cases if you've not been in the trenches like I have and like Pat has. It's just it's just not possible. You don't know what you don't know. And Senator Moorfield is very bright, very energetic, um, but you cannot do that job unless you've been in the trenches. Period. End of story. So from your assessment and experience, um, it doesn't help us become a safer community. No, far from it. And I've uh, been on the soapbox for most of the summer. I work downtown. Uh, we've had a tremendous problem downtown Lincoln this summer with uh, crime all over the city. And, you know, we've seen this story before. We've seen this story in places where progressive uh, Democrats like Senator Moorfield get elected to the county prosecutor's office. And we've seen what happens in each and every one of those communities. The quality of life goes to hell due to the increase in crime. I mean, we don't have to. uh, We've got the experience all across this country, and that's exactly where we'd be headed if we elect Senator Moorefield to the county attorney's office. Yeah, I appreciate the thoughts, Mo. It's an interesting time. People have to really pay attention. Again, Pat Conan brought it up. I've had other guests uh, bring it up about 300,000 and where we're going and our kind of crime trend line. And I, I just, I never believe that it's good to, to back off a crime. But, and, and, you know, perhaps his thought is, well, I'll just be supervising attorneys. The Lancaster County attorney has never been just a supervisor. Um, Pat Conan's there trying cases, uh, Republican uh, Lieutenant Governor Candidate Joe Kelly was in there trying cases. Gary Lacey was trying cases. Mike Hebbikin was trying cases. But again, you can't even supervise trial attorneys unless you're, you are a trial attorney. So those are my thoughts. All right. Thanks, Mo. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Uh, it's, hey, it's Mo. <laughs> Not good thoughts. I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta neck these things down. Uh, sometimes, Right, they're about your political values or other values you champion when deciding, um, and other times they're decently objective. It's a job, and it's a job that is enforcing the law. It's a it's a very objective job. Um, it is not a place for social change. It is not a place for um, activism. It's about enforcing the laws that are on the books. It's about being that piece that upholds law and order, you know, through the laws that are on the books, through the men and women in uniform, all the way through, you know, to prosecution or to not prosecute. And and obviously, you know, then people go to the correction system as well. So interesting stuff, uh, without a doubt. I'll tell you what, uh, let's go to uh, Johnny. Johnny, welcome back to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I think it is time for change. I think it's time for Adam Warfeld. I think he's a great candidate. I mean, I think, wasn't he in the Air Force or something? I think he's been in the trenches, or if not, he's been up in the sky. He can see what's going on. So uh, what I'm thinking is, is... Why do you think he's qualified? This is why I think he's qualified, because all these other people are failing right now. They're, all they're doing is packing the jails and the prisons. They're not really, you know going after the issue here. I mean, you know, if they were wise about it, they'd put some of these people on probation, let some of them go. You know, I mean, all these people are trying to do is pack the prison so they can build another prison, pack the jail so they can build another jail, keep that system growing. That's what they're doing. And I think that Adam Moorefield is smarter than that. I think that he sees past that. And I think that, uh, you know, our community, 
you know, we can we can see past some small crimes here and there. Um, but you know, maybe we do need more uh, parole options and probation options. Johnny, you crack me up. Hold on a second. We can look past small crimes. Okay, hold on. So are you saying that if people are breaking the law and it's overfilling our prisons because that's the law, that we should stop enforcing the law? No, 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 no. I mean, look, you know, if somebody broke the law, I mean, they broke the law. Well, are people that go to prison people that break the law? These guys are sitting here trying to pack the prisons and pack the jails full of people who just smoked a little bit of weed, and maybe they were, like, jaywalking or something. I don't know. Like, you don't do that. Well, yeah, Johnny, it's a good call, but, I mean, Pat Conda just talked about trying uh, Officer Herrera's killer. I mean, that's not somebody that, uh, you know, just smokes a little weed. I mean, we've got two shootings, or two men shot last night, a stabbing last night. You know, these violent crimes are on the rise. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I... I don't mind his support. Uh, you know, you just want to understand it. Um, appreciate whatever Wednesday. We're just full of callers today, which I love. I feel like we haven't had a whatever Wednesday in a while. I'm going to take a quick, not not a break. I just, I'm get back to callers in just a second. But I do want to talk. I, I saw this today, and now I can't find it on the Internet. But somewhere, somebody, I think the Biden administration, maybe, you know, the, the, the climate czar, I don't know. Now, I guess we're going to. We're in a climate crisis, right? We're in a climate crisis. We're in a COVID pandemic. Uh, we're we're definitely in a border crisis, which now I think is, this is a great title, a pandemic of people. I want to go back to the border crisis real quick for you folks. Historic levels, 2 million people are running around the United States, and we're not even done yet. We've got another month to count. The all-time high. All-time 40-year high. And the president says, well, that's a whole different thing. What is he talking about? Eight Lincoln Nebraskas have been added. Two, two and a half Omahas have been added to this country. We are losing our basic, basic ideals of law and order and bringing immigrants in legally you know what i don't understand we have trillions billions whatever dollars we just print money right now the united states military can deploy inside of america the air force the army we can lock that border down in 30 days easy they can work with customs and border patrol they can work yes they can have a joint Inter, excuse me, interagency task force, a GIATF. It is possible. It's legal to do. It just takes somebody, <clears throat> people in Washington, D.C., to actually look at the problem and go, we can't have two new Omaha, Nebraskas just growing out of nowhere. There's nothing good that's going to come of this or has. It doesn't help Americans and it doesn't help the people trying to get here. At the same time, we have to relook at how we do immigration. But the first thing is we've got to stop the invasion of people, the pandemic of people in this country. Trust me, who wants to go on training operations year after year at Camp Pendleton or you know somewhere in the, the desert? How about we do some training operations helping out Customs and Border Patrol and get our crisis of an invasion of people that don't belong here? Under control. Oh, it, it just kills me. Historic. Shouldn't even be a problem in modern times. 
Hey, Craig, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, um, I'm not sure what I want to talk about now. Uh-oh, well, <laughs> this is the people's platform. You can talk about anything you want. Well, I guess I'll just go based off what you said, because I have opinions about that, too. Um, so, yeah, everybody says they're always for legal immigration. I am, too. I actually like immigrants. I want them to come to our country. I think they provide a lot of um, a lot of good, um, you know, second, third generation. They're often doing better than a lot of Americans are. But when people say they want legal immigration, I mean, I don't think that people realize we only let like 10,000 people in a year. Like that's how many green cards or whatever we allow for people who don't have skills or who don't have a relative in the country. Yet those are the people that are trying to escape, you know, really bad environments and dictatorships and whatnot. Like, if we wanted to stop illegal immigration, it's just like stopping drugs. You can't. There's a market for drugs. No matter how many laws you pass, you just, you can't stop that because people want a better life. Like, what we need to do in that regard, we need to, like, open up our immigration and let people in legally so we can track them, so we can know where they're at. And then the people crossing the border are the people who we don't want in, most likely, because they don't want to go through the process. The process needs to be easy. We need to track it. And we need to let as many people in as want to come in. Yeah, Craig, those are good thoughts. And and I agree with you. I've said it many times. We need to rehaul that entire system because there are good people that want to get here and we do want to bring them in. And our system that basically administratively does it is broke. It's not efficient enough. It's got to get better. But at the same time, you can't have an invasion on the border, right? And so the way I see that problem is that it's, we saw... It's we, not a police problem. Well, like, I, I don't care what you do. You have to solve the problem of people and allowing them to come through. Yeah. If you put police, like, on the border, like, the last thing I want to see is our military, the Army and the Air Force flying over the border along Mexico and shooting at people and, you know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't well, want to see them shooting at people either. I've got to take a break, Craig. Great thoughts. Well, Great thoughts. Yeah, i got to go. It's funny, but it's not that funny. <laughs> I gotta go. Thanks. KLIN 1499.3. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. Hey, folks, I really appreciate a lot of callers today. I, I think Johnny and I always enjoy that the most uh, when we can get to it. Um, just real quick, I love now giving the 63, but feels like 62. Did it get warmer now during the show? I think it did. It started at 61 today. I think that's what you said, yeah. Wow, now we're going the other well, way. Well, man, you Normally never know what to expect in Nebraska. Yeah, you never know. I mean, just just grit, smile, and bear the weather here. I also want to take this time to give a quick shout-out to Grillmaster Chris for the term Pandemic of People. Yeah, Grillmaster Chris Lofgren, Pandemic of People. Um, so, yeah, thanks to all the callers. Really enjoy that. Uh, I think next week uh, we'll be getting kind of back up on step. But, you know, I don't I don't like turning guests down. And I appreciate all the callers. Uh, good thoughts. Uh, yeah, let me clarify. When I say deploy the Army and the Air Force, I'm not talking about shooting anybody. I'm talking about detaining people. I'm talking about reconnaissance. 
by no way, shape, or form when I say that term do I think. I'm talking about securing the border. And yeah, that's the point of the wall. Secure the border. Give us time and space to redo the policies so we can have immigration that's effective and tracking. I, I agree with that. Uh, Tim, good thoughts. Can't quite get to him on the text line. Same with Sam. Scott, appreciate it. I will respond via text. Uh, but some great thoughts. Uh both on the county attorney's race and definitely on immigration and what's going on in the border crisis there. It's a tragedy, folks. It's a tragedy for Americans. It's a tragedy for the people trying to get here. KLIN 1499.